Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Dewey Modia for God's Glory Loan Ministries. I've been asked to replicate my uh, message from this past Sunday, March 4th, uh, 2018, at the First Baptist Church in Reserve. I did not record it. I'm sorry. So we're going to do that right now. I've been asked to, so I want to do that. Uh, I shared with the congregation the passing of Billy Graham has affected me in so many ways, reflecting on his life and how he's influenced my life. And when I was watching the funeral, uh, the funeral video, uh, it was uh, I turned to John 18, verse 37. You're a real king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And you know, Billy Graham, he just based his whole life on the truth, on the message of Jesus Christ, on the gospel of Jesus. That's what he based his whole life on. And he did it with such conviction, so pure, so much integrity, he was wanting to bring as many people as he possibly could into the kingdom for our Lord. So then, after the uh, funeral for Billy Graham, I got an email from my friend in Wyndham. Uh, we were classmates in Wyndham, uh, Stuart Smart. And I was thinking that the last month or so, I've been so sad by the passing of dear friends like Pat Fisher and Kim Nielsen, and now my hero, Billy Graham. And this past week, I was helping a lovely lady here in Albuquerque plan for the funeral of her mother, and she was very distraught. My good friend, Stuart Smart, who I grew up with in Wyndham, as I said, sent this to me, this quote, and this quote touched my soul. I weep, I mourn, I pray, and give thanks to God at all the, at all the same time. This is why I preach, folks. This is a quote from John Donne. No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. As well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me. You know, my friends, every man's death does diminish me. He goes on to say, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bells tolls. It tolls for thee. I've pondered this many times in the past. It inspires me to just love God and help bring as many people as possible into the kingdom. Ah, oh, Thank you, Stuart, for sending that to me. It means more to me than you know. It's why I preach Jesus, because I am involved in mankind. Billy Graham was involved in mankind like, wow, right? Involved in mankind. I just want, I just love God and help bring as many people as possible in the kingdom. Praise God for that quote by John Donne. So, you know, one of Billy Graham's friends asked him about his personal prayer life. 
and the evangelist replied that God had taught him to pray all day long in the shower, drive in a car, flying in an airplane. In fact, he said that he had been asking God for wisdom while talking to me. He wanted to know what he could do or say to encourage me. Billy Graham loved all, even people that he disagreed with. He loved them. Dr. Graham felt that intimacy with God is essential to our relationships with other people. In fact, he, as he noted, you cannot pray for someone and hate them at the same time. He warned us that Satan will contest every hour you spend in Bible reading or prayer. And we touched on that in Sunday school last Sunday in reserve. Satan will contest every hour you spend in reading the Bible and prayer. He urged us to begin and end the day with our Lord. In the morning, prayer is the key that opens to us the treasures of God's mercies and blessings. In the evening, it is the key that shuts us up under his protection and safeguard. How do you end your day? Do you end it in prayer? And he called us to pray in every circumstance. This should be the motto of every follower of Jesus Christ. No matter how dark and hopeless the situation might seem, never stop praying. His advice reflects the biblical call to seek God at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Ephesians 6.18 The danger of secondhand faith. What is that? Hug a tree? Stay at home? My church is my home. Facebook is my church. Hug a tree is my church. I go into the woods and I have church. Paul said to the Corinthians, I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.1 Here's why. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, and even now you are not ready. Verse 2 What is milk if not digested food? The mother cow eats the grass or grain and converts it into secondhand food her calf can consume. In the same way, the Corinthians were consuming secondhand theology. Paul met with the Lord, received a word from him, then turned in it into a message they could understand. They needed to learn to go directly to the Lord rather than depending on men for a message from the Master. Too many people depend on politics for the answer in this country rather than God. Politics. Oh, Jesus is the only answer. How many Christians in our culture depend on secondhand faith today? Secondhand faith, do you? How many consume God's word only after it's been digested by their pastor, by their Bible study leader, by their television preacher, their podcast speaker? Here I am. God wants to speak directly to his people. I love this promise, my friends. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, Isaiah 30, 21. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. John 16, 13. Politics will not guide you into truth. Only God can. When we are experiencing a personal, intimate, transforming relationship with the living Lord Jesus, we will hear his voice and experience his presence. We will feel it. We will smell the sweet perfume of Jesus. This persistent fact of Scripture leads to this principle. 
If you're not hearing from God, you're not as close to Him as you should be. If you're not hearing from God, oh, Dewey, I'm not hearing from God. God's not answering me. Oh, God's not answering me. You're not as close to Him as you should be. The mark of a true Christian. Our culture is clearly moving further from biblical morality. With each passing year, America's going to hell in a handbasket. We're not leaving this world a better place for our children. It's worse. It's our fault. Don't blame the children. So many children are raised by their grandpa and grandpa's and uncles and whoever because the parents have been divorced or they're split up or whatever. They're not at home raising their family. Then we wonder why we got all these problems. Our children don't have a chance. The fabric of the American family has been shattered by Satan. If we ask why the Christian faith isn't impacting our nation more fully, children don't start in Sunday school. They don't start in Sunday school. Nobody's at home. The parents didn't go to Sunday school, or they don't care. They'd go rather hug a tree. I think the answer above all others is this, why Christian faith isn't impacting our nation more fully. More Christians need a first-hand daily relationship with Jesus. It's time to stop cheerleading folks and get to the nuts and bolts of our Christian faith. Our Lord was blunt. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 9.23 Not follow my teaching or follow my people or follow the church I will establish. He called us to follow him personally every day. If we do this, others will see Jesus reflected in us. Do people see Jesus in you? I want people to see Jesus when they look at me. I do not want them to see Dewey Modi. I want them to see Jesus. If we do this, others will see Jesus reflected in us. Then I'm convinced that many will be drawn to Jesus. In his bestseller, Peace with God, Billy Graham wrote this, Upon meeting a Christian, it is easy to tell whether or not he or she is victorious. A victorious Christian, a spiritual Christian, an yielded Christian, a true Christian, should be relaxed and radiant, capable of shining and not depressing his surroundings, carrying the light of Jesus with him or her. The Bible says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is his joy your strength today, my friends? Let's talk about drifting away and drifting away from God, drifting away like America has from God. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. That's Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Keep your Bibles handy and keep those verses handy. My allergies are bothering me. I'm sorry I take a sip of water. You know, it used to be that God spoke through ordinary men, prophets, to instruct people about his will for man. And God spoke through them at many different times and in many different ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. These last days refers to the period of time 
when the Old Testament prophecies would be fulfilled. And that includes the days we are currently living in. God has spoken to us through the person of Jesus. He is heir of all things. He is creator of all things. He is sustainer of all things. He is the radiance of God's glory. God's glory for God's glory alone. I stand with you today. He is the exact representation of God's being. He is the spotless Lamb of God that provided purification for all sin. Purification of all sin. And because of his love for man, God provided a written record so that he could know the absolute truth and who he is and how much he loves us. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, able to pierce through the hardest of hearts and bring peace to the saddest of souls. The saddest of souls. Are you a sad soul? I hope today this will inspire you. I want to bring peace to the saddest of souls. There's so many sad souls in America, in this world, such sad souls. The Word of God is the written record of the spoken words of God. It is the only absolute directive for our lives. Talk shows don't do that. Politics don't do that. Only God does and His Word. Therefore, we must remain anchored to it if we intend to remain steadfast in our faith. Steadfast in our faith. Anchored to the Word of God. Anchored to God. Anchored to God so deep you can't see that far. It's for eternal purposes to be anchored by God. What does it mean to remain steadfast in our faith? Steadfast means immovable or firmly fixed in place. It doesn't mean moving around, moving around. Some of the opposites of steadfast are wavering, disloyal, unreliable. When you study the word meanings, it's easy to understand why a person who is not remaining steadfast in their faith is considered to be drifting away. They're wavering. They're disloyal to Jesus. They're unreliable. Unreliable to Jesus. Unreliable to the church. Unreliable to their family. Where are they? What comes to, to your mind when you hear the words drifting away? Do you picture a rowboat that's become untied, now drifting in the lake, and maybe you picture a stick that you threw into the water and it watched it, watched it drift away? Or maybe it's easier to relate to driving a car. You know, like when I was coming out to reserve, a guy went off the shoulder into the ditch and back onto the road. He wasn't keeping his eye on the road. We must keep our eye on Jesus. Maybe you're thinking about our nation, which was founded on the word and principles of God. And just see how far this country has drifted away from God. How sad. Maybe you're thinking of a person who was once a strong believer who is now drifting away. Yeah, we all know people like that. Strong believer. Then they drift away. It happens too many times. When we first become Christians, Katie, bar the door, we're on fire. Give me anything to do and I'll do it. Ready to live for Jesus and the church and do whatever it takes. But over time, as we continue to live in this world, status quo develops, status quo of our society, our spiritual temperatures begin to be affected. And if we're not careful, we grow cold and numb. 
Before we know it, we start to waver and become less loyal to Jesus, and we end up being unreliable, not only to Jesus, but to our family and other friends in the church. The problem of drifting away has been around since shortly after the creation of man, and God knew it would be an issue in our day. That's why he spoke of it and included it in his words. There are Christians who are sitting at home today, yeah, planted right on that couch, man, and watching that TV, watching that movie, watching that football game or that baseball game. Oh, yeah, this is my church. This is my church. Oh, I'm going to go hug a tree. That's my church. Or I'm going to go out the woods, start a campfire. Hum. You know, that's my church. Oh, sitting, people sitting there in their pajamas instead of being in church or out on a boat on the lake. That's my church. It's the lake. Yeah, I suspect that many of us sitting here today have had times in our lives where we've drifted. How is drifting described? The Greek word means to carelessly slip past or to miss your mark. In different parts of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul speaks of staying the course, keeping your eyes on the prize, and pressing on toward the goal. The Bible warns us to continue working out our salvation, to remain steadfast in our faith. Paul warns Timothy about this when he writes, Some have failed to do this and have shipwrecked their faith. Have you shipwrecked your faith? Where are you at today? So many have shipwrecked their faith, but the good news is you can resurrect your faith through Jesus Christ. I'll talk more about that later. Drifting means going with the flow. Oh, so many go with the flow. Should have wrote a song about that. Going with the flow. Following the easiest course. Oh, yeah, no matter where it takes you, path of least resistance. Some believe that it's impossible to drift away from God once you've accepted him as Lord and Savior. But I submit to you that the Bible teaches us something different. Now, I don't believe that we can fall out of grace or fall out of the Master's hand, no. But I do believe that we can walk away from it. I do believe that we can refuse it. I do believe that we can become so calloused and mean and cold and nasty that we ultimately trash the gift that God has already given us. Can you see why God included warnings about drifting away in his owner's manual for our lives? So how is this drifting developed? For the most part, I think we find the answer in 2.1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. If we don't pay attention, if we don't keep focus, if we don't stay anchored to the ways of God, the thoughts of God, and the truth of God, that's why you got to be in church. I call it the classroom of God. We will then begin to drift with the current in our lives, no matter what direction it takes us. The old country song says it perfectly. If you got to stand for something, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to stand for something, my friend, or you'll fall for anything. That happens in politics. When we fail to stay connected and stand firm on our beliefs, we soon begin drifting in a different direction. And don't be so foolish as to think it can't happen to you because it can't. Satan is working overtime to send different currents into your life, currents that will appear to be more gentle, easier to go along with, but those currents will eventually bring you to rocks and rapids, and there you'll be all alone without an anchor, no anchor, without an oar, without a life preserver, all because you did not pay attention, because you did not remember what you had heard, because you did not remain steadfast in your faith. There's a long list of things that can cause us to drift. 
carelessness, selfishness, bitterness, covetousness, lacking purpose, resentment, lustfulness, greed. Do you suppose God had a reason for speaking so strongly against these things in his word? And how is drifting detected? I don't believe that anyone consciously decides to drift away from the Lord, though there are some who decide to walk away so how do we detect it? How can we tell if we are beginning to drift away? That's like deep sea fishing off the California coast. Although the captain had electronic instruments, he also had to keep an eye on certain landmarks to keep us from getting too far out. If we started to drift too far away from those landmarks, he started the engine and moved us back. Staying the course in a fishing boat is pretty easy to manage, but what about our lives? What about our faith? What kind of landmark can we use to stay the course? I think the answer is found in the next three verses. Read them, please. God first spoke his message of salvation through the angels. Then he appeared on earth in the form of Jesus to personally proclaim his message. Then he demonstrated his message on Calvary's cross. Then he breathed his message into man to be recorded just as he intended it to be. And now we have the complete written message that God intended for us to have. But if we stop reading God's message, we begin to drift. If we stop Listening to the Holy Spirit, we begin to drift. If we allow the concerns of this life to overpower the faith we once placed in Jesus Christ, we begin to drift. And if we drift, our love for Jesus begins to fade in the distance. And if we drift, we become disconnected from God's people in his church. Church attendance is of little of importance to America anymore. And as we drift, our hearts go from hot to lukewarm and eventually turn cold. And when that happens, we are in a very dangerous place spiritually. What is the danger in drifting? If you're in a boat and you're not paying attention and staying the course, there are many potential dangers. Rocks, strong currents, the bottom of the lake, storms that suddenly come up. If we get distracted or become neglectful in our Christian lives, we can run into great danger. If you and I following are following the same lifestyle current as the rest of our friends, we will end up just like them. If we allow ourselves to follow the current society, the society, the society that we live in, this thinking that's going on in, in America and in this world, we will soon become just like this society we live in. If we allow ourselves to detach from the anchor of God's word and ignore the message that God has spoken to us, how can we ever expect to escape God's wrath? Huh? How can we ever expect to escape God's wrath? Look at what the Hebrew writer records in verses 2-3. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received is just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? In verse 1 he says, Be careful that you don't drift away. And in verse 2, 3, he says, Because if you do, you'll be found guilty of ignoring salvation, and you will receive just punishment. Do you realize that God has different ways of warning us? Do you realize that he uses different things to draw us back to him? What kinds of things does God use? He uses tragedy to wake us up. He uses his word to break us. He uses his power to remake us. He uses death to take us. And when God uses these things, we can choose to pay attention and turn back to him. Turn back to him, my friend. Or we can choose to ignore his message and go on drifting away. Make no mistake about it. Drifting away is no laughing matter, my friends. It's a real problem in America and in this world. It's brought about by inattention to God's word and God's leading. 
and by not attending church. It's easily detected in people when they stop reading the Bible, stop coming to church, and stop caring about what God has to say, and not going to the classroom of God and praise, praising God. It's deadly. It's deadly, both in life and life eternal. It's deadly. Now, I close with this. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Here's the feel-good part of the message. There's hope for the drifter. Drifting is not an unchangeable sin. It's not an unforgivable sin. It doesn't cause God to stop loving you. If you or someone you know has drifted, it can be corrected. How can I be be delivered from drifting? The complete answer is not found in our text for today, but the implied answer is found throughout the New Testament. You need to repent. Make a conscious decision to change. That means you will need to start paying attention to God's word and God's direction and God's church again. You need to ask God to forgive you for being disobedient to him. You need to keep listening to his spirit as you walk through life each day. Being delivered from the sin of drifting is no different from being delivered from any other sin, my friend. It means getting back on course, getting reconnected to your anchor. Oh, praise God. I love that hymn in times like these. I love this song because it can be applied to every second of our lives. Whether we're happy or sad, we still need a Savior. Whether we're lost or we've been saved, we still need a Savior. Whether we lack knowledge or we're the smartest person on earth, we need the Bible. Whether we are clear of mind or in a stage of confusion, we need the Bible. No matter where we are in our personal lives, we need that anchor to hold us. We need that anchor to hold us. We need to hang on to God and His Word. I love you all. I'm Pastor Dewey Modi. I'm praying for all of you. You can find me at fggam.org for God's Glory Alone Ministries, a ministry that God gave me to look after almost six years ago, fggam.org. My wife and I share and love you so very much. May God bless you and yours forever and ever.